People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Everybody, welcome again to the 20 by 20 ring crew. I'm your co-host Joe and I'm here with Matt. Matt, what's going on? What's going on? Episode 124 is what's going on. We're back in the 20 by 20 studio. New and Tonight, improved. New and improved. It looks fucking gorgeous, dude. Glad you like it. Yeah, it's it seems really much more spacious. Like I said, once you get everything back situated the way you want, I think you're still going to find yourself uh, with that feeling of like just having a lot of room. Yeah, man, I agree. Um, Shouts out to our to our good buddy Larry. Oh, that's who did that's this. That's who did it. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, the man. legend continues. <laughs> the legend continues. Yeah, he did an amazing job. Uh, I, I'm beyond ecstatic for it. So thank Sweet. you, thank you so much. Hey there, pro wrestling fans. Any of you want to get your opinions heard and earn some pocket money in the meantime? Street Bees needs people to do story type surveys on various topics ranging from 3 to 11 minutes, and you'll be paid via PayPal. You do need to have an active PayPal account to be paid. Sign up today over at onelink.to forward slash 7083QL. Once again, that's O-N-E-L-I-N-K dot T-O forward slash 7083QL. Now, let's get back to the show. This is episode 124. As always, we have wrestling on in the background. We just got the one screen this week because we're we're still trying to get everything situated here. But we've got AEW Dynamite from September 29th. Thank you. Uh, originating from Rochester, New York, home of Brody Lee. As we see his wife and his son and the rest of the Dark Order come out here. I guess, yeah, you're right. I believe they are beefing. Yeah, I th- I think it's uh, Grayson and and Eva Uno beefing with the rest. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, it, it, this is getting this is like a 16 man tag team sloppy match. But I, I mean, obviously the the, the storyline here is the Dark Order versus the Dark Order. So see if they can reunite reunite uh, maybe even if from one night only for uh, for Mister Brody Lee. You know, uh, leading up to this show there was a lot of speculation about bray wyatt not only coming to aew but also being at the helm of the dark order obviously uh this has not come to fruition now spoiler alert as as, uh, we have we're watching the show past tense yeah he did not show up what do you say to that I, i know i know part of it is you don't want to oversaturate your your audience with all these surprise talent gets or, or you know, hires. When we talk about names like CM Punk and Brian Danielson, Ruby Soho, Adam, uh, Cole. Adam Cole. Yeah. If you put all that aside, what what happens now? Uh, it. I would. If I'm not. If you want my opinion, I still say Bray Wyatt's coming to AEW. It's a matter of when. But I'm asking you, Matt. How? How does he come now? Does he still get affiliated with the Dark Order? Do they introduce him as as a, a fiend-like character? Because it seems like he's not done necessarily with that. Mm-hmm. 
as he's alluded to, what happens with Bray Wyatt if and when he shows up in AEW? Real quick, before I answer that question, we, we saw this beefed up guy, bald guy that was on Matt Hardy's team. Who is that guy? Uh, you know what? I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I'm just watching. I'm like, who the hell is this dude? Um, Wait, is it the guy with the longer hair? No, he had a buzz. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had a buzz. So uh, I'm not sure. Um, anyways, Bray Wyatt, or whatever his name's going to be, wherever he goes. By the way, it's, it is a cool moment to, to see that. I mean, that kid's obviously been through a lot, losing his father. So that's, that's a cool moment. Absolutely. And um, you know what? I, not to cut you off, mm-hmm. but I take that back. As we see Leo Rush on the screen. Yeah. Leo Rush is all elite. And right. uh, he is the... He is the latest talent acquisition, to my understanding, uh, to the AEW roster. Yeah. You and I talked about Leo Rush. We have. And, and uh, what he should do. I think both you and I had stated that he should stay retired. Mm-hmm. And uh, I stand by that. So why in the f- Because he, in AEW now, clearly, <laughs> they've got a video package for him and the whole nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to assume he's here to stay. I don't know what all this stuff is. It looks like maybe a, a heel package. I, I I mean we have the volume down, obviously, but we'll get the we'll get the Bray Wyatt. Let me let me hit on Leo Rush. My concern with Leo Rush is always going to be the same thing. Can you trust a guy that clearly has issues? And and I, and I say that in the most PC way as I as I possibly can. He, he's had he has issues. He's had issues for a long time. You have a business you have to run. You want to? Do you really want to put stake into a guy that may or may not call you one day and say, "Hey, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore." Gets hurt again, God forbid, and then you know gets into this this mental funk. And I know this is a day and age where we're very sensitive about that. But look, guys, you, you know you got to run a business. You got to run a successful business. You got to be able to trust your talent. Being sensitive to mental health has nothing to do with running a, su- a successful business, and it should never interfere with that. And if you think it should, that's the reason why you're probably not running a, su- a successful business. <laughs> you know, to me, Leo Rush, I, I think where it- it's okay, I guess, in a sense, this is where I'm going to sound really harsh, Leo Rush is not a big draw. And he's not going to be a big draw when it comes to the Adam Coles and the, and the Brian Danielsons and the CM Punks. It's- he doesn't have that kind of following. So if he doesn't show up, for a pay-per-view, I think you're going to get away with it because Leo Rush is not going to be a world champion in AEW. It's just not going to happen. Uh, potentially TNT champion, but nothing more than that. If he's healthy mentally to come back and do this, great. But I always, I'm always weary about guys in situation because he's he hasn't. It's not just he did it one time. He's done it m- multiple times in his career. He's not happy with something, and then he falls off the face of the earth, and that's just bad business. So maybe not the answer you expected, but yeah, you, you Joe, Joe should have because I, I'm, I've been very anti Leo Rush for a number of, number of years. I think his antics have have made him a, a guy that you can't trust, uh, and that goes back to his pre WWE days and when he was in indie wrestling. I think he's a very selfish wrestler, and I don't know him personally, so I won't say selfish human being, but a very selfish wrestler, and it's shown in his career, and it's backfired in his career. Obviously, he's talented. That's why he's he gets signed by a company like AEW. That's why he got signed by MLW. That's why he got signed with New Japan, to do, even though those dates are now completed. Uh, that's why they signed him, because he is talented. It's just... A can he can he do the job? Can he do can he do good business and and be a humble and hungry wrestler? Or is he going to go back to his douchebag ways? And two, 
mentally is he going to be stable enough to to handle a, the the limelight of of an AEW because no matter what anybody thinks of all elite wrestling it's going places that a lot of guys that are independent have the independent mindset are not always necessarily ready for so those are the questions you got to ask apparently he's answered them and that's why he signed but that doesn't mean that he's necessarily ready so it's it's a wait and see for me Bray Wyatt where does he end up? I was never really sold on him coming to AEW, hundred uh, percent. I know, I, I, I know, I, I agreed with the the whole Dark Order thing to an extent. To me, that's just, that's it's always been too obvious. But sometimes the obvious thing is the best choice as well. I don't know if you can go anywhere besides an AEW and do a fiendish character and get over. I think a lot of what makes that character work, and this is where I give credit to WWE is that the smoke and mirrors of WWE, you have the production value. All Elite Wrestling is going to have the production value. You go anywhere else in the world, you're not going to have it. Either they're not going to be able to afford it, or they're not going to want it. You know, you, you're going to be in a world, assuming that you don't go to AEW, or don't resign with WWE, you're going to be in a world where you now have to either be a wrestler or completely like fail because gimmicks don't work outside of these companies. They just don't. Does that necessarily mean you have to come and be the leader of the Dark Order? No, not necessarily. But it's one of those things where you have to now look at it and and say, and that's why I said when he, when he, first, when he first was released from WWE, I, I asked the question, who is he as a pro wrestler? Who is he? You know, can he be the guy that some of us thought, myself included, thought he could be? This this oversized man that can run and run around the ring. I mean, he was what did he call himself? He was he was like a like a Hummer with a Ferrari engine or something like that. Yeah. that that's mm-hmm. what he, he considered himself. And then he he started this Bray Wyatt character, and, and it, obviously it worked very well. And then he became the fiend, and that that worked as well. But it doesn't work in pro wrestling. It's it's an entertainment entity. And although AEW values itself on being a pro wrestling company, Brian Danielson's there because I'm a pro wrestler, and he's right. They do have that. They 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 do acknowledge the W in AEW where the other company doesn't. But where the similarities are, they are also a entertainment entity as well. That's why you have the Dark Order. That's why you have uh, some of the other shenanigans that you see. You know, an example uh, that just popped in my head has nothing to do with gimmicks, but a gimmick match. You know, you see uh, Jericho versus Orange Cassie in a fucking orange mimosa match. <laughs> it's stupid. It's silly, but silly. it's something that they did. And and the fiend or a fiendish character would work very well in AEW. And that's why that's the best fit for him. As a character, if that's what he decides he wants to keep, you can't go anywhere else in the world. I'm sorry to say it. You can't go to an MLW. You can't go to an, an, an NWA. What about what about MLW's uh, spinoff show with uh, pretty much it's, it's pretty much Lucha Underground just by another name? It just it still doesn't get over because as much as we love MLW and we spoke on behalf of that in episode 123 which we know you, we, you listen to already. Thank you very much. We love it, but it is low production. And I think with something like that, you know, y- yeah, you have gimmicky characters, but a lot of that is Lucha Libre style characters, which is already accustomed to the low budget. Yeah, there's a precedent. You, you know, okay. so you have that. You need you need something that has those crazy segments, you know, like they had the, the Firefly Funhouse and stuff like that. You need that. 
you need for for something like the fiend you need some kind of gimmicky production mlw doesn't have i agree with you with the the whole production aspect of of his characters with that being said now yeah does that would it be better for him to kind of like bite the bullet and go back to the wwe does that happen now well why was he released in the first place they were restructuring, basically cut him due to budget constraints. Okay. That's the official reason. It wasn't because of his talent. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because of nothing like that. Just, hey, you're making too much money. So you got to go. He wants to make a price. So he would have to get a, take a price cut to do that. I don't know now. That's the thing. Like, does, <laughs> does, he, does, he take, does he take the pay cut? Or do they try to get him back for what he was making? Mm-hmm. How does that work? I mean, you don't. It seems like we're we're back in that old saddle again, where they're trying to buy up talent just so that that talent can't go elsewhere. And I mean, obviously the floodgates have opened, and that's how AEW got to where it is now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know how that works. You know, do, does he go back there? Does he go back there for less money? Does he go back there because they're giving him more money than before? I mean, shit, if they were reportedly going to give Adam Cole a million dollars, yeah, I mean, I could only imagine what Bray Wyatt's worth to them, right? That's a fair point. I think if he wants to be a fiendish character, you have, you have two choices. I don't think you have any more than that. That's why I asked the question, what does... I, I always forget his name. I know his last name is Rotunda. Mm-hmm. Is it Wyndham? Wyndham. So Wyndham Rotunda has to ask the question, what does he want to be? Does he want to be a pro wrestler or does he want to be a character? If you want to be a character, that's your choice. You have two options. You don't have anything else or go make fucking movies. Maybe that's your third option. Option C is get away <laughs> from pro wrestling. And, and unfortunately, Everybody and their and her and her mother wants him to be this fiendish character. I don't want him to be that. I could do without the fiend. I, I think he's got. I think he needs to work on his cardio. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Other than that, I mean, he's got what it takes to make it and get over. I'm really, I really want him to go to AEW, and I haven't said that a lot about you, a lot of people. You have, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely back that. But I do want him to show up there because I think they're going to give him the most amount of freedom he'll probably see in his lifetime as far as creative control. Yeah. And I think he's got what it takes to get whatever he decides to do over. That was bad. Yeah, over in in, in what he's doing. So that's my hope. Uh, whether it comes to fruition or not, obviously, is, it remains to be seen. But. I never am rarely an advocate of anybody going back to WWE for various reasons. I agree with you. With AEW, again, I, I'll say it one more time, Wyndham Rotunda has to decide who he wants to be in professional wrestling. I hope it's as a wrestler. It doesn't mean you can't be a dark entity. Malachi Black is proof of that. You can still be a dark entity and still be a wrestler. So I, I do want to make that very clear. But he, he's a guy who has relied on a gimmick for so long now. Does he know how to do anything else? So if that's the case, then yeah, you're going to go one of two directions. And you're absolutely right. AEW is where you go for that creative freedom. Although, obviously, it's not a, you know inmates running the asylum situation. It's still, been, it's still been proven thus far it's a better situation than WWE, where no matter what, it's one guy. Nope, I don't like that. We're not doing that. You know, dress up in fucking anal beads. I don't know. <laughs> Something stupid like that. 
So yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> looks like uh, we're watching we're watching Dynamite and, and Ty Conti had a she slipped on the apron, took a bad spill. Uh, looks like she's back up, so that's that's good news. At first, I was like, "Ah, she fell." And I was like, "Oh, that actually looks pretty bad." Yeah, it looks pretty bad. <laughs> Speaking of the fiend and and uh, things of that nature, I know you didn't watch Extre- Extreme Rules, WWE's Extreme Rules. I did. Mm-hmm. You know, it's come it's come out that uh, apparently Alexa Bliss is going to be off of television roughly four to six months. Something to do with the sinus issue. You and I were just talking about this before we started recording. You know, she has a history of body shaming herself. That's why she had got uh, upper enhancements. I, I guess we'll call them. Sure. You know, she's she's it's a long it's a long suffering issue with her, for better or for worse. And uh, I'm I'm not saying that this is going to happen, or I have heard anything about it. But I had asked Matt; he thought she might be getting a nose job. And if that's the case, uh, I'm I'm deeply disheartened because she's uh, she's really attractive as she is, and I know I'm not the only one that thinks that. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I would second that. But mm-hmm. in regards to her being written off TV, you know, there was the Raw before the Extreme Rules event. Mm-hmm. Her and Charlotte Flair pretty much bombed in front of the live audience to the point where it had been reported, uh, I believe in the Wrestling Observer, where about 1,500 fans walked out during the segment and didn't come back. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Yeah, and, and the crowd was only about 8,000 deep tough crowd huh? so now we're to the point where at extreme rules she loses the charlotte flair she doesn't get the title uh charlotte flair destroys lily mm-hmm. she seemingly flips out and it looks like she may be done with the whole dark alexa bliss version of herself or what have you is this a good thing for alexa bliss is this the, a bad thing for alexa bliss if and when she comes back where does she come back does she come back as the old Alexa? Your thoughts? If we are done seeing the dark, did we, did we say Twisted Banks? I think that was kind of... Oh, the, Twisted Bliss, yeah. Twisted Bliss, there you go. Oh, Banks, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that's an, that's she's, an, she's talking about you. <laughs> well, that's that's another return that happened at Extreme Rules. Uh-huh. Um, anyways. Um, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. If we're done seeing that, I mean, it, that's... That I think that is phenomenal for her career. That gimmick was a product of the pandemic, and there were some things that you could do, albeit stupid. People liked it. People enjoyed it. You could you can get away with it because you're you're in front of you're not you're in front of people on on TV screens and not on actual like live crowds. Once you get in live crowds, I said it from the get go. So for everybody that said I was wrong, I'm pretty sure this is it. We see the end of it, and I was right. You can't get this character over. I know she's gonna. A lot of little girls are gonna want their version of Lily. They're gonna. They're, they they love the this this and all that. You know this and that. Whatever. It's all about the kids and all that crap. At the end of the day, this gimmick doesn't fucking do anything for anybody. You got your you got your merchandise. You got all this, and that's great. But the character sucks, and this version of Alexa Bliss is absolutely terrible. And one thing that I got out of the Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss segments. I don't really care too much about what Charlotte Flair says these days, but it, even if somebody told her to say it, it made sense that, you know, she flat out said Alexa Bliss used to be a champion and now she's playing with dolls. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And again, I, that's that's part of them shit talking to each other. That's fine. But, but you're right. I mean, Alexa Bliss could be a legit contender on any brand 
and you got her fucking swinging on a swing, talking to a doll. And then you so you you get her in the ring, and instead of doing wrestling, she's doing other silly antics. And it's like, where do you go from here? What's what's your what's your end game? You know, again, you're in the middle of a pandemic. You can get away with shit. There's also antics, or I mean, not antics. There are also issues with Alexa Bliss's physical health. You know, she has had, you know, issues with, as far as her body, not body shaming or anything like that, but, you know, she's had neck issues. She's had other issues, you know, dealing with injuries. So you have that where it's like she can't she can't do as much. So you gave her a talk show and then you turned her into this dark entity because she's starting to slowly get back into that spot where she can do matches on a regular basis again. Well, she's back to do be able to do that. And yet you still have her do these weird you know, backstage segments and all that. It's bad for her career. The one thing we've seen this throughout pro wrestling. The one thing about women wrestlers is that their longevity is usually a, a lot smaller, a lot smaller window than men. I don't know the science behind that. I'm just basing it off of what we've seen throughout history. I mean, would you do? Would you agree or disagree? No, with that? I agree. I agree with you. So at some point, you you have to. I mean, Alexa Bliss is she's she's getting to be in her thirties. I don't know what she, what her, what her situation is with her significant other, and you know, you start talking about families and. Yeah, they, well, they're engaged to be married. Yeah, they, they are going to get married. Other than that, I don't. Know. Yeah, don't know. It's not our business, but that is one thing that you have to take into consideration. You know, I mean, obviously, we know the science of that, so you have to start to wonder: What do you want to do with your career? You know, Alexa Bliss has got has to ask herself: What does she want to be? Does she want to be a wrestler? Or does she want to be a gimmick, an entity? I don't know if somebody made the decision for her or if this is part of her decision. But whoever made that decision, assuming that they go back to wrestler, that's the best thing for everybody, <laughs> including Alexa Bliss. Now, as far as her getting any kind of you know surgery and everything like that, you know whatever you're doing, speedy recovery and all that stuff. I hope that you. I hope she does come back and be the Alexa Bliss. Of, I won't say old, but of best. Because she was, one of, to me, one of the most surprising things that come out of NXT was Alexa Bliss. Because when I first saw her, didn't give two shits about her. Didn't see anything special. I was fucking wrong, and I'm I'm happy about it because she, she's been phenomenal. A great, some of the stuff that I've seen her do in that ring, very unorthodox. And I think that's something that gets overlooked a lot. And it gets, definitely doesn't get seen at all when she's doing these stupid gimmicks that does nothing for anybody especially her, her career speaking of phenomenal during extreme rules you had uh, the new day take on bobby lashley aj styles and almost in uh three on three okay <laughs> oh, like a barnstormer oh yeah the new day defeats bobby lashley aj styles and almost mm -hmm. uh afterwards bobby lashley i've <laughs> he cuts this promo backstage all right He's mad. Yeah. You know, but he's like for Bobby Lashley has one of those voices where once he opens his mouth, you're like, who the fuck is in your body? <laughs> yeah. Because it's clearly not you. That like, was always his downfall for yeah. me. Yeah. And so he starts talking and he's, he's just so mad, you know, <laughs> he's mad because he wants his belt back <laughs> and he, they actually let him say the word shit. Ooh. And you you should hear the crowd. People go back and replay. You uh, watch it on Peacock. <laughs> replay the promo, and uh, I'll I'll throw it in the episode here so people can hear. But replay the promo and, and watch it. Watch him how he he talks and 
and how he says the word shit. It is fucking hilarious. Sure, his lips are tingling. The way you won that championship by cashing in the money in the bank after I beat Randy and after I hurt my knee and then after you won tonight, that makes you a chicken shit. I dare you to become a man. I dare you to fight me one-on-one like a man. Forget New Day. Forget everybody. Me and you, I dare you to defend that title against me tomorrow night. Me and you, I want my title back. <laughs> 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 you're just like this big massive fucking mountain of a man is sitting there like trying to be it's like he's trying to cuss in front of like a bunch of sixth graders you know it, it, it definitely has that feeling to it just and all i could do was laugh i'm like are you fucking serious it's like that episode of a Chappelle show when they had the racial draft and Tiger Woods says for shizzle. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I, I guess this has now become an unofficial like review of Extreme Rules because there's a lot of like I told Matt it wasn't it wasn't a great pay per view, but it wasn't all that great or, or all that bad either. Okay, uh, it, it was interesting. Yeah, you did use the word interesting. Yeah, Some, uh, there was a SmackDown tag team title match: Usos versus Street Profits. Jimmy Uso. I do not know what the hell was going on with him, but if you guys go back and watch that match, he could not jump for the fucking life of him. He could not get any height off of any move he tried on any of the top rope spots. He fell short. He did that like Uso splash off the top rope. Like his knees hit way. Hit the mat way before the rest of his body did. And, okay. and it was a good, like, two feet away from where he was supposed to hit. So, I, I don't know what the hell's going on with him, but he looked like horseshit during that match. And and it showed. That's a shame. On the other side of that coin, Montez Ford, mm-hmm. holy shit, he took two different spots. One on each side of his rib cage, where he got double kneed, almost back to back. He's he's a glutton for punishment. I've and noticed. holy shit, man! I mean, the first one it looked like he no sold it, but then he went to go tag his partner in, and he started holding his ribs like you could tell he was hurting. Mm. And then he went back and fucking did it again, and got hit on the other side. And you're just like, what the fuck, moves, dude? Like, calm down. But he was a trooper, you know? Uh, Usos retain. Mm-hmm. And then we just talked about Flair and Bliss. Flair retains. It was it was such a sloppy fucking match, though. Um, Which one are we talking about here? Uh, Flair and Bliss? Now Flair and Bliss. She, uh, Flair went to go do the natural selection like multiple times during the match. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was because Bliss is such a small person mm-hmm. or it was just an odd angle, but every time she went to do it, they fucked up the spot. And and you could tell, like, it, it looked, it was definitely a botch. And it bothered me. Just like, wow, like, here you are, two consummate professionals. Figure this shit out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, why couldn't you fucking figure it out? Uh, Damian Priest took on Sheamus and Jeff Hardy in a, a U.S. championship match. Priest retains at the very last minute. I'd say this this match was probably one of the better out of the batch. Some nice false finishes there. For a moment, Sheamus wrestled without his protective face mask. Okay. I wish he would just not wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> it you was can actually, leave the face match. It, it was actually a solid match. Okay. Um, 
given given the participants. Becky Lynch took on Bianca Belair. Lynch retains her title because there was interfer- interference from Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks returns. This has to be one of the weirdest crowd reactions for me in a long time. Go on. So the, you could tell the match is about to wind up. Belair has... Becky Lynch on her shoulders. She's getting ready to finish her off. And you hear uh, Banks' music hit. She comes running down. She gets in the ring. She takes care of Belair. Referee rings the bell. But from the time she came out to the time she got in the ring, it was like a roller coaster roar. It was like, yeah! And like like the fucking people didn't give two shits about Banks once they realized it was her. And then she just kind of like lingered around the ring and, you know, Becky Lynch kind of gave her the thumbs up, like, thanks for saving my ass, but she beat her up too. I don't know, she just kind of lingered there for a second and she finally, the camera caught her, she's like, I'll see you two on Friday. She kind of like laughed and got all snarky about it and then she left, but wow, it, it came across as very uneventful. Let me ask you, do you do you know where this came from? Where, where they were at? They were in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Does that make a difference to you? No. Oh, okay. no. I, I mean, yes, but but no. But <laughs> I'll, I'll be nice. I'll be nice. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I was just curious. So, you know, some some crowds are are just weird. But by far, I agree with you. By far, the the oddest. Uh, match of the night was the main event. Universal titles on the line. Roman Reigns retains against the demon version of Finn Balor in an Extreme Rules match. Which, by the way, is, if I'm not mistaken, is only Finn, the demon's second loss since coming to WWE. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, little little fun fact there, ladies and gentlemen. So, but let's hear about this one. The match was, it was solid to begin with. They go out into the, well, near the crowd, I should say, for part of the Extreme Rules match. <laughs> and Roman Reigns takes the time to put on a mask. And then he wrestles with said mask. I have nothing against people who wear masks. I'm not one of those people. Either you wear it or you don't. Figure it out. But it took away something from the match. Okay. It didn't last very long, but it's like, you clearly, you're in an Extreme Rules match. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to hate each other to the point where it it, it involves Extreme Rules yeah. and violence. Right. But you're going to stop and go get a match. It just, I understand why he did it, but at the same time, it took me out as a viewer. And I'm like, okay. They get back in. He, he proceeds to destroy Finn Balor. And then, all of a sudden, they do this spot. And I'm not sure. I want to say I know what they were going for, but I the way it was executed was just odd. So Finn Balor is defeated and he's laying there and all of a sudden the lights dim red and they start playing some sort of eerie music and you've got the fog machine going. All of a sudden he rises from the dead and he proceeds to go complete and utter apeshit on Roman Reigns with a chair. Eventually he goes and he gets on the top rope. And the rope breaks. And so he falls. He hurts himself. I don't know whether this was planned or it just happened because it happened. But he was holding his knee. And after that, it was like, I can't fucking go on. So Roman Reigns just beats him one, two, three. He didn't do anything else? Nope. No spear or... 
Oh yeah, so he you know, Roman Reigns spears him to to finish off the match, but okay. it just come it came across as very awkward because he clearly looked like he hurt himself, mm-hmm. Finn Balor, and then Roman still speared him even though he was hobbling on one knee, mm-hmm. and then he pins him one two three. That's the end of the match. The rings broke. Yeah. No one seemed to have a fucking answer for it. I didn't watch the any of the programming after the fact. I don't watch Raw. Didn't watch SmackDown. Or not going to watch SmackDown. So I... <laughs> I couldn't tell you if this was a work or or a shoot or what have you, but it just the way it played off was really bizarre. Even if it was an accident, it was just it was like what was going to happen? Like, right. was he going to come back and and beat Roman? But Roman had to kill the demon first in order for him to be resurrected. Like, I'm not making any sense of that because isn't the whole premise of the demon to be Finn Balor to be pissed off to the to the extreme? Yeah, right. So that he comes out, and then he's supposed to demolish Roman? I will say, and this is going to sound evil, and I don't mean it to be, because I don't want to see anybody get hurt in wrestling or anywhere. Um, I hope that that was on accident, and like he was legit hurt. Because if that was if that finish was written, that's that's as stupid as it gets. Yeah, it came across that way, too. I, I mean, that's, that's gobbledygooker stupid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a terrible, terrible thing. The other, the other thing I will say that's not related to this match, one of the reasons why I didn't give two shits about the Demon coming back was because this was this was a filler match from the get-go. The Demon is supposed to be this last resort. It's the darkest side of Finn Balor. Like you said, he comes out, everything changes. You know what I mean? So that's the whole concept of the Demon. And that's, that's cool and all, but it's not cool when just a few weeks after that this match, you have a show called Crown Jewel, and you're already advertising Roman Reigns defending the title against Brock Lesnar. So you you as a company are advertising Roman Reigns winning this match or retaining somehow. Mm-hmm. So Finn Balor has zero percent chance of winning. No, I for me, I, you don't get my time. I I just I just can't do it. I, I I didn't give any any shit about Extreme Rules. The other thing I didn't like about Extreme Rules, you call yourself Extreme Rules and you have one Extreme Rules match. Where was the rest of it? Not only that, it was just one Extreme spot. And so, it was at the end of the match. So <laughs> why call it extreme rules? I just I just don't understand that either. Like I, I you know, I was I was looking at like looking at the card, I'm like, where's the gimmicks? This is a gimmicky pay per view. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why they just didn't change the name years ago. Yeah, I mean it's you, not like they're gonna bring back fucking ECW guys, right? Right. You know what I mean? Or or, or have that mentality of like, hey, it's okay to do certain spots tonight because we're extreme. Yeah. Right? No, it's not. So, so change change the rules, man. Change change the name, I should say. Yeah, I was just this this pay per view was this complete fucking filler for Saudi Arabia, and and I'm not trying to take away from from the tone of what what you were trying to convey here, but like for me, that's why I didn't watch because it's like Saudi Arabia's next. It doesn't matter what happens tonight because whatever they want in Saudi Arabia, they're going to get because they pay good money for it. So why the fuck do I care? Because what I, as as a wrestling fan, want versus what Saudi Arabia wants is two totally different things. They want Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. And yeah, sure, there's a lot of people here that want to see that, even though we've seen it before. I don't, I'm not one of them, but whatever. People still want to see that. But had we not had the, this fucking Saudi Arabia show, we wouldn't have to have disrespected Finn Balor this way and, and throw him in a situation 
where it was unwinnable for him. You couldn't get that fucking demon character over. It just couldn't happen. To be fair, he's not helping the situation either. When he comes out and says, the, oh, Jesus. That was weird. Again, we have wrestling on. I'll get to that in a second. We have wrestling on in the background. AEW Dynamite coming from Rochester, New York. Sammy Guevara taking on Miro for the TNT Championship. He just threw this. What was that? Uh, it's a shooting star press. It was shooting star press. Yeah. Guevara shooting star press off the top rope. Miro catches him, but when he catches him, like he, the way his legs bent back, it was just like, <laughs> wow. It, that was that was pretty harsh. He caught him, but he his legs bent in a very odd manner. You can tell he's hurting on the on the on the mat now, but anyway, Finn Balor's not helping himself in this situation because he comes out about two weeks before Extreme Rules and tells somebody in an interview, "Look, the WWE doesn't need me, and I, you know I don't need them. You know, he's just he seems like he's fucking hanging out again. Like there's nothing going on. He's there's no momentum with. Him. I don't know why he even gave thought." To going back to the main roster, he should have done something like a Tommaso Ciampa or a Samoa Joe. Make yourself adamant. Uh, make yourself adamantly uh, acquainted with with whoever makes the decisions there, and say, "Hey, look, I want to stay in NXT. This is where I'm relevant. This is where I get you guys over. I make you guys a lot of money. I don't want to go to the main roster." But instead, he he leaves it open. He goes to the main roster, and he's back to his first run in the main roster. It's just, it's the same old shit regurgitated over and over. And, and for anybody that argues that, hey, he's, at least he's getting title shot, he's in main events. I mean, since he's gotten back, he's been disrespected from the get-go. I mean, he gets the match for his Roman Reigns going into SummerSlam season. You get that bullshit with Corbin, and then John Cena overtakes that spot. Finn Balor was never going to get that SummerSlam pay-per-view. It was always going to be John Cena. Right. So you get, you get pushed to the side in front of everybody for a part-timer. John Cena goes away, goes back to Hollywood, does his thing. So Finn Balor's like, oh, here you go, Finn. Now, now it's your turn. Oh, by the way, here's Brock Lesnar. Uh, he, he's he's getting the real title shot. You're just you're just fulfiller. How, how many times you got to disrespect the guy? I, I understand what you're saying, and, and I agree. But I don't know if I can blame him at this point. I mean, again, we talked about this. Do you want to be a Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> Do you want to be a useless piece of shit when it comes to professional wrestling? I, for any Dolph Ziggler fan out there, I'm trying to get you riled up because your, your guy, <laughs> your guy sucks. All the talent in the world, and 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 he he took the buyout, which is great for him. But do you want to be that guy, or do you do you want to be a, an actual legit name again? Do you want to be a Brian Danison? Do you want to be an Adam Cole? Do you do you want to be even the guys who didn't make the jump who were there from day one? Do you want to be Kenny Omega level. I don't think you can beat that as far as wrestling goes, but certainly you had a fucking name before you got here, and you'll have a name after you leave here as long as you put in the work, which we know he will. And he'll and people will want to see that. So go fucking do that. I I I, I kind of I just I tend to agree. Like at this point, how many times have you seen him get pushed to the side on the main roster? And get absolutely nothing for for the work that he's put in. I've never been a Finn Balor fan. I don't. I I I just can't. Like I just can't jump on board with that. But I'll say this: you look at a lot of the guys that get thrown into the spotlight. I mean, he's he's got more talent 
on his worst days and than they those guys did their entire career. So do you want to continuously get pushed over because you're too he's too fucking small. He's too small to be taken seriously. And and very few guys in that company ever get to be over at his size and he's just not gonna be one of them. Man, but see that's that's what that's what I'm that's what pisses me off about this whole situation. Yeah. To say that he would never get over, I I, I agree with you, but mm-hmm. I think it's not because of him. I think it's because of who's in charge. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, I, I, absolutely. I agree. Because just like Tommy End or Malachi Black or I forget his, his NXT name. Oh, Al- Alistair Black. Alistair Black, Black sorry. Mm-hmm. Brain fart there. With him, it was the same situation. I agree. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. They clearly had something going for him. Again, semi-supernatural character. He he knew what he was doing. Week in, week out, he was getting that character over. They came in and fucked it up. Same with the demon. Him being Finn Balor being too small. None. If you book it the the right way, his size doesn't matter. That goes without saying. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. You he. And as a matter of fact, I think it would work. It would work with the situation if it were played out as okay. He's small in stature. You just you you book it as poking the bear. How many weeks in a row can we poke the bear until the bear finally answers back? Yeah. And then that's when the demon comes out. You don't do it all the fucking time because otherwise it loses its luster. Mm-hmm. But for big important times or when it makes sense, yes, bring the demon out. Yes, you pissed me off. You've unleashed the demon. Doesn't matter how big or, or small you are. I'm going to come in and fuck you up. And then let him come in and do that. Mm-hmm. Let him come in and completely run roughshod over whoever he's going to do it as the demon. That's how that works. But because they keep getting in the way and shooting themselves in the foot, mm-hmm. you're right. He'll never get home. So he needs to leave. I agree. He needs to leave. I'm, I'm sorry for his situation. But the moment his contract is up, I need two things to happen. One. Don't fucking resign. Wait out that no compete clause. And then two, head back to where you ought to fucking be. And that's in New Japan. They'll take good care of you. He won't necessarily have to be a fucking demon. Mm -hmm. He'll still be able to get over. He'll be able to be Finn Balor. He'll probably be a hell of a lot happier too. He'll be back to being Prince Devitt, I imagine. Yeah, Let me let me fancy book this. Or let, let, let me let you fancy book this. Please, because, you know... Some people say we don't do this a whole hell of a lot. What does he do in Japan? Does he go at his solo or does he rejoin his club that he started? Well, see, with that situation, timing is everything because right now they're playing it up. For those of you who have been paying attention, they're playing it up. You've got a little back and forth between Jay White and uh, Tamatonga. Jay White came out and says, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm the one that calls the shots for Bullet Club. Tamatonga has different to say. And they are in two respective places, different places right now. You got Jay White uh, over doing the NJPW Strong thing. Mm -hmm. And you've got Tamatonga trying to make his way through the G1 tournament with um, most recently a loss to Tanahashi. Timing is everything. You have them two 
you know, d depending on when Prince Devitt comes back, if he comes back, maybe maybe he comes in and, and he gets in the middle between two warring faction leaders. Maybe that's how he shows up. Um, for my money, he comes back in the midst of that war, regardless of whether there's been legitimate matches between the same faction members of the Bullet Club or not, and maybe it's just verbal. He gets in the middle, says, you know what? I can't do this. He turns on Bullet Club to become chaos. Prince Devitt becomes chaos. He comes in, ushers in a new a new wave of energy for that faction because they fucking desperately need it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. And uh, you you get a whole hell of a lot going on with them, and it renews a lot of potential rivalries and sets up a lot of booking possibilities in the upcoming months and maybe maybe year year and a half. And then you can always turn him back to Bullet Club, although I don't know when and if that would ever happen. But that would be how I would do it. But when whenever he does show up, it's got it's got to matter. It's got to be it's got to be relevant. There's got to be a reason for him to be there. I think all he has to do is show up. As long as he's willing to show up and they sign him, I think the rest could be done fairly easily because those guys over there know how to fucking book, especially with previous talent that's worked there. So I say he goes to Japan and I say he does all that. That's how I would do it. A lot of people. Of course, if if Prince Devitt, Finn Balor, whatever you want to call him, the demon, the demon, you know, it, wherever when his, if if his time does come from WWE, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be speculating him going to elsewhere, AEW, what have you. He's the type of guy that yeah, he can fit into a lot of locker rooms. I I, I think that goes without saying. But you're right. I think I think he should do what I said. A lot of guys should do, and that's book yourself. And and that's that kind of gets lost in the shuffle of all this. Where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? What if he doesn't go anywhere, but he shows up everywhere? And, and by that, I mean uh, tastefully. I'm not saying just fucking pop in wherever he wants. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's got to make sense though. But but you know, he's the type of guy that at this point in his career, like he could show up in Japan, do tours in Japan, but still. Especially if you know in an open up world and everything, which is still once upon a time right now, you know you can show up into different, different, different areas and do the AEW, do the MLW potentially, do do a, a, ver a variety of stuff and be and just just be over in in, in your own way, man. And that, that's that's what I want to see from a lot of people, including a, a Prince Devitt, Finn Balor, Demon, whatever. And, uh, you know, just just having that because you go from being absolutely nothing, like as we see Hit Row here, like there is absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you go from being absolutely nothing uh, in WWE to potentially being this super over entity elsewhere. And that's what I hope for guys like him. That's. What we talked about in episode one twenty three with the max the the, the the mass exodus of WWE. That's what I mean, and it's not a shot at WWE for the sake of you know screw the WWE. It's a shot at WWE because finally the big bad wolf is getting a taste of their own medicine. All the stuff that they're trying to do for Raw, I was watching. Um, I still haven't watched this September. Uh, would that be twenty seventh edition of Raw? But I watched the twentieth September twentieth, and that was the night where. The show started with the New Day versus Roman Reigns faction. 
whatever they're called. The entire time they're trying to plug it, and, and to their credit, the commentators did their job the best they could. You know, this would be a WWE, but it's happening. It's happening right now, live on Raw. Like like this big, <laughs> this big six man tag is is like it's it's you know it could be it's, it's, this is a pay per view match. It's happening. And then, like you know, later later on in the night, the match is booked. It's Biggie, Roman, and Bobby Lashley in a triple threat. And it's like, oh, by the way, we have a little triple threat match that should be on pay per view, but you're getting it for free on Monday Night Raw. And it's like, oh god, brother, like <laughs> desperate times, man. At desperate, like you're 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 really trying to reach here. Like it's it's not that big of a fucking deal. And you're starting to see that more, man. You're starting to see that we we have. We have NXT 2.0, as they're calling it now. Three weeks in, I'm not impressed. I don't think anybody is. With, with the show. Uh, first of all, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but you lose, and, and I've, I've, I've got this from a lot of people that don't even watch wrestling. You lose a lot of credibility from going from a fucking jam-packed Slipknot song to some lazy ass rap song that this guy's whoever this guy's rapping is mumbling the fuck out. Of the, I think it's Wale, and he's, don't know who that is. So. If I'm not mistaken, he's a big fan of the product. That's cool, but speak up, bro. <laughs> and the other thing too, like if you listen to the lyrics, yeah, they have jack shit to do with fighting or wrestling. <laughs> it's just like he's like, hey, I got this fucking song I made, and here you could use it. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know. Like to me, pro wrestling supposed to like get you, get you pumped. Like you want to do a rap song, do a rap song, but get me pumped. Yeah, make it re- make it relevant to what the fuck yeah. you're trying to present. Here. It's pro wrestling, man. Like I'm supposed to be geared up a little bit. I mean, I get it, it's a weekly TV show too, but it's, I, don't I don't like hard reboots. Hard reboots are only meant for IT and nothing else. <laughs> These hard. <laughs> These hard reboots, uh, it it just it looks forced. I get what you're trying to do. You want to go back to what worked before. You don't just snap your finger and say, "Here we are. We're gonna do this all over again." Because these guys that they're showing, real quick here, a lot of these wrestlers that they're showing are not fucking ready for national television. They're just fucking not, and that's why it's it's hard for me. You know what this reminds me of now? It's like you had all these balled up pieces of paper from a staff meeting where ideas were pitched by a team of writers, right? Mm-hmm. They all got collected in the same garbage bag 20 years ago. And Bruce Pritchard somehow tied the bag up, took it home with him, and, like, waited and sat on him. He was like, man, if I ever get rehired, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to reach into this magic bag of mine and pull out ideas and see what kind of shit sticks to the wall. And we're getting to see it week after week. In NXT 2.0, because that's exact to me. That's exactly what it fucking feels like. As we see the now unmasked Luchador faction come out to, to fucking war beef with fucking Hit Row. I, whoever the, the the lady is from from Hit Row, uh, first time I saw her, I'm like, man, she looked like Craig's girlfriend from Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who the fuck is that bitch? <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> you know, like there there are some bright spots to it. You know, two weeks into it, I was like, he needs a lot of work, but uh, but Rick Steiner's son looks looks decent, but he's not ready for. It. You know, he second week in, uh, first week you have him get over on uh, LA Knight. I can give two shits about LA Knight, but how dare you put LA Knight in a, a championship match 
the same night he's jobbing to some guy named Br- Bron Breaker or whatever yeah, the fuck his yeah, name is. Yeah, you're right, Bron Breaker. Who came up with that name? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the very next week, he's you know Bron Breaker is teaming with fucking Tommaso Ciampa, who's your NXT champ. This kid's not ready for that. He's not ready for for all this. But this is that that hard reboot, you know. Like Tommaso Ciampa wins the NXT championship in, in night one of two point The very next week, he comes out in the ring with his belt. And he's he's trying to pump up the crowd about you know NXT 2.0. I'm the champion again, all this stuff. And he's looking in the ring, at, and and in the ring is a bunch of younger faces from the NXT 2.0 crowd, new faces. And you're watching it. I know a few of these people from the indie days. Josh Briggs being one of them. A lot of people, fans are like, who the fuck are these guys? And why are they in the same ring as as Tommaso Ciampa? Like, are we supposed to automatically now believe that these guys have a shot at taking the title from Ciampa? Yes. <laughs> and and even if that does happen, are we supposed to believe that that's a good idea? And and again, I, I it's a rhetorical question, but it's it, again this this force fed new change while trying to keep other guys relevant. It doesn't make it, it doesn't work, man. It just and they're also ripping off NWA with the studio audience, by the way. <laughs> so I I have been thoroughly disappointed with what NXT two is. I don't like calling it 2.0 because all you did was slap some shitty color scheme in it that apparently a little kid made. You know, I'm not taking shots at little kids. I'm just saying your, your art It's sucks. okay. You can take shots. I mean, I mean if, you, you, if your art sucks, your Fuck art sucks. Yeah. You know, be better. Be better. That's what my dad always told me when I was a kid. But... <laughs> but yeah, man, like... I that, that that was that was the bright spot of my week when it comes to WWE. It's no longer the case. I wish him nothing but the best, but man, I I just don't know if I can hang around him with that. It's it's rough. Yeah, it's very very rough. Again, I I told you how I feel about it. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Yeah. You know? What you want to go back to what worked? You got you got to do everything. Then you got to get them off TV. You just have to. You got to find something else to fill Tuesday nights if you have a contract. I don't care what it is. It could be fucking Vince McMahon doing jumping jacks. I don't give a shit. Put something else on there. Because what worked was that underground feeling of NXT, that us against the world mentality. Oh, and by the way, you didn't have fucking sponsors telling you what they wanted and what they didn't want. You got to get rid of that shit. NXT is not about that. You want to fucking call people up and put them on Raw and SmackDown and have them have them do that bullshit. That's one thing. That's already bad. But now when you try to have them get their feet wet and still doing this 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 bullshit of 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 of, of being on TV and having these sponsors and all this stuff, it's a losing it's a lose lose situation. And that's why it's never going to work. It doesn't matter how many times you hit that reset button until you go back to what made it work. Or you fix the problems, whether you go back or not. Until you fix the problems, it's always going to be a fucking problem. And they don't see it that way. They don't. They, they see it as oh, we we just we gotta get rid of these old guys. We gotta get rid of these fat guys. We gotta get yeah, rid of. Yeah, because we're getting free money. Yeah. Do it. No, it, it it bringing in new faces is not the fucking answer. It just it, it's not. That was never what made NXT special. You're right, and I'm not against them bringing in new faces, but make sure they're ready. Make sure they're ready to be on national television week after week. Give them a or give them a pl- like NXT used to be a platform where you get to be ready. You know, we saw the evolution of of the four horsewomen. We saw the evolution of 
of other wrestlers that would become what they are. Even, you know, we're not fans of them, but a Seth Rollins, you know, a Roman Reigns, you know, I mean, I know there was FCW as well, but, you know, you saw that. Big E, another example. You know, you saw that. You saw guys come in from the, the quote-unquote indie scene or the, 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 the indie darlings, I should say, as far as quote-unquote goes. You know, the the Finn Balors, the Sami Zayn's, the Samoa Joe's. We saw them come in and just work with these other guys. And just it was just, just like this, this big melting pot of good fucking wrestling and creative storylines and and again, it, it wasn't touched by all this unnecessary stuff. It was great, man. It, it was, and 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 you you want to go back to that? Fine, but you you have to get the powers that be stop touching it because the best part about it was that Vince McMahon and his shitty fucking team of of creative morons they weren't touching it. That was what made NXT work. Anybody that that thinks that 2.0 is going to be any different, hey, you're right. It's going to be. It's going to be different. It's just, it's going to be different faces doing the same regurgitated yeah, more shit. Yeah, the same shit. Yep. I don't need to see weddings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't need to see bullshit like that. I, I want to watch wrestling. And and if we were talking about fucking entertainment, then I want to be entertained. I don't want to have to sit through a fucking sham wedding that was stupid. Yeah. You know. You didn't get that in the old NXT. You you just you. You just got wrestling, man. Yeah. You got wrestling. And that's th- that that's what was the beauty of NXT. That's why people who don't like WWE, that's why they fucking watched NXT. Because it was the only <laughs> WWE entity that they could get away from the bullshit. And then what did you do? You brought the bullshit to NXT. So NXT 2.0. It's uh more or less NXT the same same shit. So speaking of bringing in new shit, changing things, it's come come out over the past week or so that uh, Tony Khan of AEW has pretty much taken over a majority, if not all, creative control mm-hmm. of the Dynamite Rampage products. Now it's being stated that uh, a lot of the EVPs are, are not EVPs anymore or have lost a lot of power. To add to that, uh, Cody Rhodes is kind of like off on his own doing his own thing he's not he hasn't been seen with the bucks or kenny omega uh recently for for what it's worth some of this may have been contributed in a non-direct way by jim Cornette. i want to know your thoughts on this i know Cornette's biggest issue was with the bucks obviously those people don't like each other that's that's well publicized but i was telling matt before we started recording you have a situation here where you have the bucks as evps they're doing some of the book at one point there was just a bunch of shit that seemed nonsensical very all over the place wishy-washy that seems to have started to become subsided um now that tony khan has taken over the booking and it's a positive in in my eyes it's a positive you take that away from the bucks two things happen one you potentially piss them off even though they're under contract so it's not like they're gonna up and leave two you prove Cornette right to a degree what happens now are how do you feel about that change? Do you think Tony Khan has what it takes to carry that burden for the long haul? Because that's 
that's quite a bit of booking he's got to take, take under his wing amongst all of his other company duties. So can he can he hack it? Can he hack it for the long run? Who would you have help him book if he decides to share the book with somebody? I always uh, I always get weary when it comes to stuff like that. Real quick here, I will say that if it was that easy for him to strip power away from his EVPs, it goes to show you how bad those EVPs or former EVPs are bad at business. I understand Tony Khan signs paychecks. I get that. Clearly, you don't have some kind of board system or or your contract doesn't have anything uh, that had anything in your power. So you were never really executive VPs as far as uh, anything beyond a job title name. I, I think that's that was pretty apparent here. And short term, it's it's paid off. But I I, I asked the question of and, and I'll, I'll answer it myself. Is is it a matter of bringing in a lot of talent now? The CM Punks. Adam Coles, you know, that all, that all happened in a month, yeah. you know, and you're going to get a lot of buzz that way. You're going to get a lot of people who are like, holy shit, CM Punk is back in wrestling. Daniel Bryan has showed up. Adam Cole has showed up. You know, Ruby Soho has showed up. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that going on. You know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where you have to wonder, can you maintain that momentum? Well, no, you can't just keep buying talent, bringing talent in over and over again. And has things gotten gotten better uh, for for the most part? Some people might agree with me or disagree with me. I'm not 100 percent on board with saying that the booking has gotten better. I still have a lot of problems with AEW. Oh yeah, no, it hasn't been fixed completely, but it, it's definitely in, in in a much better direction. I think the one thing that you know I, where one guy has a problem is that you have this, you have you have a lot of guys. For example, Brian Cage, who's gotten lost in the shuffle. He's come on. So he's, he's come on. Happy. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, how many guys do you do you lose because you're bringing in all this other talent that's coming in and taking over spots? This is why I say, and I know I'm jumping around here, but it all comes together. You have you have four shows, and you basically only have one. That makes any sense. You're still wasting time doing a bunch of. You know, out of let's let's call it what do you would be fair six hours of programming a week, yeah. you have two and a half of solid matches, and the rest are squash matches. That's a problem. You have an opportunity to use your YouTube channels to get to to make to keep Brian Cage relevant. He had an issue with Team Taz. Why not have Brian Cage and Ricky Starks fight for free on YouTube? But you're still getting both those guys over. And yeah, you want to, you want CM Punk, you want Brian Danielson to sponsor, again, the sponsors want X, Y, and Z do this until you potentially get your own streaming service. And then you can put those shows on your service. Those are the things that a guy like Tony Khan should be worried about is the business side of things. And I'm sure he is, but I don't think he's doing that well. No, I agree with you there because he's come out and already said the whole reason there are so many squash matches in the amount of programming that they have is because he's trying to create an abundance of content in a, in a relatively small amount of time so that they can launch their own network and have plenty of content to provide. I was doing that. I, yeah, you're absolutely right. You <laughs> beat me to the points. There are plenty of better ways to do that. And one of them is exactly what you just said. Here you have talent crying out to you hey where am i now i'm lost in the shelf help me out figure figure this shit out why wouldn't you do that why wouldn't you take the opportunity and and book him to be relevant or book them to be relevant and keep that momentum going you're still creating a bunch of content you know you you're, you can still do it at a breakneck pace if you, if you so wish mm -hmm. it just has to be 
thought you have to sit and think about it. Yeah. Stop and think, and and that thought will go a long way in what you're trying to accomplish. Because right now, it's still tough. Like I said, it's gotten better, but it's nowhere near being fixed. And that's why Tony Khan, look, I get it, he's a wrestling fan, and I get he has the money, so therefore he has the power. Tony Khan, I don't think, has it in him. This is the answer to your initial question mm-hmm. to do this long term by himself. Okay. I just I don't see it. I, I have seen I have seen and heard this guy talk about some stupid shit. <laughs> he needs somebody to set him set his ass straight. So far it sounds like he's willing to listen and do and, and X, Y, and Z. My problem with these with these rich folks is that once things start to work and it shows like, hey, I'm on something here. Then that ego clicks and you're like, boom, everything I do is gold. And and that's why that's that's where we're at. Forty years ago, everything Vince McMahon touched was gold. Nowadays, you fucking laugh at everything that he's come out with. This is the same not to make this a Vince McMahon thing, but this is the same guy that pitched a, a fucking uh, a, a, a program with his daughter that has to do with incest. Same guy. This guy's the, the, the fucking genius. Whatever worked in the past, he's going to continue to do. For the next 40 years, and it's going to work. I'm not saying Tony Khan's anywhere near that, but these 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 rich folks, they tend to get that ego and they become untouchable. That's my biggest fear. That's why that's why I started with the EVPs because what the hell was in their contract to where he was able to just trump them like that? Yeah, they weren't smart enough to have something in their contract that says, "Hey, you can't do that." Apparently, he did, or maybe he just bought them out. I don't know, Could be. but. If it was a matter of just him snapping his fingers and saying, hey, I'm taking creative control away from you, holy shit, you guys suck at, at, at negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sucks, uh, Joe, G- Joe Gacy's gimmick in NXT sucks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. A legit badass, and, and he's this wimpy dude. Anyways, I, I have fear of that. Who... Who comes in and, 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 and does the booking with him or for him? Obviously, we know it's not Jericho. Because if that was the case, I think he they would already have him step in and help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people are going to d- dislike this, this this opinion. I don't think Jericho would be a good booker to begin with. I think Jericho says a lot of outlandish stuff uh, I, that just never really makes sense. I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. regardless of whether that's the case sure, or not, sure. like he's like I was talking about before we started recording. He's an industry veteran. You would think he would have some sort of common sense to say, "Hey, this is probably not going to work," or "Hey, this might not." But no, we haven't heard a whole lot about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know, instead, I think we got what you just talked about. We got more of the outlandish Chris Jericho, like, "Hey, maybe we should do this." Yeah, yeah that sounds great. We'll fucking do that because it'll work. No, it didn't work. Yeah. So, if not Jericho, and I, I bring him up because he is an industry bet. Sure. If not Jericho, who? Is it an Arn Anderson? Is it a CM Punk? Is it a Brian Danielson? Is it Tully Blanchard? God forbid, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, who? There's a lot of guys, a lot of old school guys that you can you can pinpoint. And you could say, you know, it it, it could work. It's worked in the past. And for different reasons, I say no to, to them. And I don't, not, there's no point of going down that list. But for me... What makes and it, well, I was gonna say NXT because we're watching NXT now. <laughs> um, 
what makes AEW stand out or what made AEW stand out for a lot of people was that it was indeed the alternative and it's slowly become the alternative for a different reason because it's this is the you know this is where a lot of guys that you cheered for in AEW are now showing up on Actually, my WWE, you're now showing up in AEW to reclaim that career that they might have, may have you know may have lost or may have fizzled out, and you have these younger guys screaming for attention. Brian Cage, for example, for me, there is a company that gets overlooked so much when it comes to independent wrestling, but they've made so many stars, and they had their second show not too long ago, back from the pandemic, and that's Pro Wrestling Gorilla. And there's a guy. You probably know where I'm going with this. There's a guy who made Pro Wrestling Gorilla what it is, and he works for AEW, and that's Excal. That's the guy that should be helping you book because he knows wrestling. He's a fucking dictionary encyclopedia, the source of professional wrestling. And above all that, he knows how to get talent over, especially for the long run. The Young Bucks, Brian Cage, all those guys. Before the Bullet Club, the Young Bucks were an entity in PWG. And the the only thing that Excalibur didn't have was money. If he's got like a, a billionaire in his pocket that is, is looking for him, that's the guy that I will lean towards. I lean towards longevity. And and, and and here's why I do that. As a wrestling fan, you always you know, I I always get tired of the of the same same old song and dance. I love CM Punk, I love Brian Danson, I love all that. I love Kenny Omega. But at some point, we need a rotation. I'm not saying they go away, but at some point you need a rotation, mm-hmm. right? In my nine to five, I've taken on managerial role, and the one thing that that I have done in my in my role in the, in the business is I've said I've looked at what we're doing, and I say we seem to be stuck in the past. How do we move forward? At first, I got pushed back from that, but then the moment that I I show them the why why this works, it's like okay, let's do it. Let's give it a shot, and now. Ever since that happened, guess what? People have followed what I've done into their own entity in, in that same business. That's what a guy like for me, uh, and I'm not saying just Excalibur, but guys who came from the, this industry or from that from that independent industry have. They have that that knowledge of, yeah, you need a Kenny Omega. You need a, a, a CM Punk to help get people in. But then you got you to gotta hold their attention because... Those fans, we said it all, we say it all the time. Those fans go away. Those fans that were crying to see CM Punk come back, eventually they get tired and they go back to fucking whatever they were watching before. That's that's always going to happen. So you always have to try to fight for that wrestling fan to stay because that wrestling fan is going to stay through and through, and eventually they're going to get tired of the same old song and dance. Now I say Excalibur. In my heart, that's never going to happen. But I look past Jim Ross. I look past Tony. Tr- I know I said I wasn't going to listen to anybody, but I'm doing a little bit. <laughs> I, I look past all that. And and and, he, and even if he were to lend, lend a helping hand, I will look past Jim Cornette. Because as, as knowledgeable as he is, he still, too, is very old school. Yeah, oh, to a fault. To to a fault. Yeah, to a fault. And 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 I, I think I think that works, but I think that only that that only gets you so far. You need, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Excalibur. I, I know I said his name, but you need somebody too that's going to break that barrier and get you to the to the next stage of of where pro wrestling needs to be. You're there, you're at the cusp, but you're not there yet. I love that you mentioned Excalibur. By the way, who's this fucking judo dude or whatever the fuck he is? He came out to the name Zion Quinn. I have no idea who the fuck this guy is, but he is greener than fucking goose shit, and he just. Had only Lorcan job for him, so 2.0, baby. 
2.0. You mentioned Excalibur. Yes. You come up with a very valid point. But if not someone of a cornet caliber, Mm -hmm. again, you need someone that knows the fundamentals uh, of of a different perspective. I know you're not going to see him on TV anytime soon because of something that happened recently. But he's clearly capable because he's done it before. He's booked for a promotion. What if AEW hires Ric Flair to book for them along with Excalibur? How do you feel about that? Is that a long-term solution? Or or is Flair too much of an old-school guy to, to mess well with the likes of an Excalibur? You've heard stories of, of Ric Flair. I'm sticking wrestling-related here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You've heard stories of Ric Flair of having an eye for talent. And one one person that always jumps out at me when I try to make that point is Eddie Guerrero. When when nobody saw much in, in the young Eddie Guerrero, Ric Flair, who was the U.S. champ at the time in WCW, wanted to do business with him. And those guys had a, f- a forgotten, but if you if you paid attention, if you go back on Peacock or WWE Network, if you're in other parts of the world, you, you're, you're going to see a phenomenal rivalry. It was great that that happened, that that we saw that, and I think you saw that in in, in the older age of Ric Flair, when you know with, with with the Orton's and the Batistas. I think I think that could work. I think it can. It's just the Ric Flair behind the scenes at this point in his career. You know, what's he really like? I I mean, obviously, I don't know Ric Flair. I, I've never met the guy. Don't care to even before the you know all the infamous stuff came out again. By the way, <laughs> I don't know why anybody acts surprised by any of that. By the way, yeah, I, I, I think I think having a, having a hybrid, I think having a team, I, I you know, anyway, whether it's Ric Flair and Excalibur, whether it's anybody and blah blah blah, I think I think if you're Tony Khan, I guess what I'm trying to say is no no one entity should have that power. Oh yeah, no, no, you know what right, I mean. Right. You need to have a team. You need to have a team that knows wrestling, not you know somebody that fucking graduated DeVry University for writing mm-hmm. says hey you wrote a nice short story you want to book wrestling um don't have that okay <laughs> but, but you need to have a team that knows wrestling and has an eye for for the wrestling business and i think tony khan who yeah can have his you know hands in cr- creative because deep down behind all that money he is a fan and that's great but as as fans Sometimes, sometimes we get a little overzealous. Oh, I want him. Oh, I want him. Oh, I want her. Okay, but what do you do with it? What about the guys that have been busting their asses back when we didn't know if this thing was going to work? So <laughs> there's 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 that entity. There's there's the 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 nows and there's the there's the the, the later's. And you got to be able to 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 have a have a company that that satisfies all the above and that's that's going to be the long term i know i know people are going to be like matt you what the hell are you talking about aw is successful they're white hot right now but yeah the key word is right now nobody stays white hot forever it's impossible you're going to go through you're going to go through some trials and tribulations growing pains all that stuff and that kind of brash move of him taking over, we'll call it on a safe side, 90% creativity, that's extreme. Even though AEW feels like it's been around for a while, it's it's only been around for two years. Two years. So, eesh, I mean, <laughs> that, that that's a bit extreme. And and you you brought you mentioned, yeah, the you know, the Bucks are not they're not leaving anytime soon, but you know, you take away that you take away that, you take away the Bucks. And think about it in a world where now AEW and the Bucks are arrival. Kenny Omega is no longer in your your. This is what I mean. 
Mm-hmm. You got to be careful. You got you have to be careful. You have to find something that works for everybody. You're not going to please everybody. It's never going to happen. And you, you got to make sure that you're, you're you're good guys. Even though we don't like the the or the young bucks are as as a as a gimmick, we know the young bucks are legit. There's no doubt about that. And they'll be legit again at some point once this 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 stupid gimmick is is over with. When I initially read the the article, I got worried because I was like that I was like this is this is it's working now, but where are we going to be at a year or two from now? You know, what happens when, again, Daniel, Daniel Bryan's not going to, I'm sorry, Brian Danielson's not going to do this forever. CM Punk's not going to do this forever. And then you got guys like Brian Cage who are, who are pissed off. And I'm sure there's others. I know there's others. I, I, I can't think of the top of my head, but guys who are pissed off. And then they go to the rival companies. They go to Ring of Honor. They go to Major League Wrestling. They go to Japan. They go to Mexico. Dare I say it? They go to WWE. You know, I, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna be doing nothing, you might as well go to WWE where you do nothing and make more money. Make more money. So, <laughs> which is the opposite of what I say people should do. But you know, if AEW doesn't, AEW is supposed to be the alternative. If they do the exact same thing WWE does, it's no longer the alternative. One last thing about alternatives and AEW. Uh, your thoughts on the newly inked. MLW Bobby Fish calling out Sammy Guevara for a TNT champion. It's a new champ, by the way. Yeah, uh, we we've we've heard this from Court Bauer in the past. We've heard that uh, they want a piece of the uh, the forbidden door, and I think we, we're seeing it now. We know that there's a number of guys who work for AEW that have a, that have some roots in MLW. Sammy Guevara is one of them. That I think that I think this is good. I, one, I think it's going to be a phenomenal match. <laughs> You know that that goes without saying, and I think at some point I think you're going to see more, and 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 it's it's I think this forbidden door, which has kind of seemed to go out by the wayside for some people, it's it's still very much a thing. Um, Christopher Daniels now part of Impact Wrestling again. Yeah, it's part of the forbidden door. Very interesting. I don't think I I don't think that would have been tucked away in the back of my mind at all. So that, that that's kind of cool to see. I don't know what exactly uh, his overall effect will be on the product, but it's nice to see somebody like that one go back there, yeah, and two hopefully give back in a meaningful way, right? You know? So yeah, I, I think I, I mean I, I I think it's great, man. I think that 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 part of the Forbidden Door is what I was kind of looking for. I know everybody loves to see the Kenny Omega shit. I hate how it all went down. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. It's distasteful. It's distasteful. But uh, but this part of the Forbidden Door is what I was what I thoroughly enjoy. I don't obviously Bobby Fish is going to be one and done in, in AEW for the time being. But this is that stuff I'm talking about. You don't know what you're going to see. Somebody else might open the challenge. Maybe a Davey Richards, for example. You know what I mean? And again, with with MLW coming back to there's other entities that I have heard is a possibility that doesn't even evolve AEW, and that's that's Ring of Honor and Major League Wrestling, which is weird because those two companies have had some <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> some bad blood mm-hmm. uh, for for a number of years. I think it's a good time to be a wrestling fan for that, uh, and and you know everybody thinks about WWE and AEW again. We say it all the time, man. So many options out there. So many good fucking options including one last thing before we wrap up the 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 great news the best news that we've heard all 2021 pco yes is out yes (laughs) (laughs) it's about damn time holy shit 
I knew I had all that confetti and and, and party <laughs> decor at my house for some reason. Yeah, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad PCO's gone. No longer part of Ring of Honor. Don't get me wrong, he made it for some interesting television at times, but in a bad in a way. Very bad way. Very, very bad way. Dangerously uncomfortable way. Not to sound like a broken record, but I remember that time we went to Black Label Pro. Mm-hmm. And he gets up on the top rope to do a fucking moonsault or something. And my kid's like, that old man's going to die. How he has not done that yet I, is beyond me. Especially after some of the shit he did in Ring of Honor. But, yeah, he, he needed... Almost literal suicide dives. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's good to see that he's he's gone out of there. I hope he doesn't land anywhere else, or at least anywhere that I care about. Yeah, you know, what I mean, he can go to WWE. Shit, they, they might have something for him. But he'd be the next Bray Wyatt, next Fiend. More power to him. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that is. You're right. That is the best. End it on a happy note, baby. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> Uh, real quick, uh, if you guys haven't been watching, New Japan Pro Wrestling is in the midst of their annual G1 tournament. This is Tournament 31. couple things real quick. Yoshihashi still putting on some awesomely solid matches against a variety of opponents. You're missing out if you're not watching. Also, Zack Sabre Jr., holy shit, he has got all the momentum behind him right now. For my money, looks like he's going to be a finalist in the G1. Okada claims he's back, celebrated with another win. We'll see how far that goes. Yeah, it, G1 is is just getting more and more intriguing as the nights go on. As of this recording, I think we're in uh, night six or seven. Yeah, and right. It's, it's already been a, a really badass tournament. So if you guys aren't watching... Head over to njpwworld.com. Get yourself a subscription. It's like eight or nine bucks US a month. Yeah, it is well worth your money. There, this is the first year they're doing live English commentary for every night of the G1. That's a month long tournament, folks. Every night, Kevin Kelly, Chris Charlton, or at least one of them will be there live with English commentary. Holy shit, it's been a blast. Yeah. I I personally am on night five, just finished night five. Holy shit, man! It it's been great, dude. It, it's been everything I've been missing. Yeah, and and uh, on top of all that, you know, New Japan right now basically has two almost like two companies within each other because mm-hmm. they have the American side every Friday night, NJPW Strong, Hour of Wrestling, some of the best wrestling you'll see. All week. They're also putting on the streaming service um, those odd and odds and end matches with like Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Yep. Um, something so, something from Impact. Yeah, so you'll have Impact content on yeah. there. Yeah, all that stuff's on there as part of the streaming service. They are also converting older content over to English commentary as well. Yeah. So well, there's there is a ton, a a metric fuck ton of stuff for you to watch. On that streaming service. Definitely worth the money. One of those apps that I can't say it enough, man. Take my money every single month. Absolutely. I don't even think about it. It's a guarantee that I'm going to take my money. So. <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week. Episode 124 is in the books, folks. We thank you for listening, as always. Please, if you want to come support us, uh, we uh, we are available on social media. Facebook.com slash 20x20crew is our official Facebook page. 
We are available on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at 20x20poo. You can email us, you know, fantasy bookings, uh, your opinions, your thoughts, your questions, 20x20crew at gmail.com. If you want to support us directly, patreon.com slash 20x20crew. A dollar a month will get you in the door for exclusive content. Big things planned for Patreon. Absolutely. We're adding them as, as quick as we can, but uh, holy shit, we, we've got a lot of really cool shit coming your way for the low, low price of a dollar a month to start. Uh, and then, as always, our home on the web, 20x20crew.com, all of our past episodes, merchandise, and the like, it's all there. Ladies and gentlemen, again, 124 is in the books. Say it ain't so, man. But as always, you've been Matt. I've been joking. He's got to think I, about it longer. Yeah, I, every know, single I know. I know. <laughs> There's going to be a blooper reel one day. Man. Yep, I'm, I'll be mad or, or somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, he's been Matt. I've been Joe. And again, that's more for me than you guys because you guys are fan fucking tabulous. And until next week, we will see you in the, the ring. ring.